like land matters to him. And so our churches, those churches are placed in regions and areas for a purpose and a plan that God has. And if we're not careful, we're such in an Instagram world trying to become famous that we're trying to reach outside the area that God has given us. So I can influence out there, but I can pastor here. That's so good. Well, hey, Reed Leaders, it's so good to have you back for another episode of the podcast, and today we're doing things a little different. I have a guest with me, one that I love, one that is a dear friend of mine, and one that is a fellow Reed Leader, and so I'm excited for you to meet uh, my friend, Pastor, Bishop, yes, Reverend, Apostle, the right, add that to the right Reverend, the right Reverend, Dr. Aaron Kennedy. <laughs> What's up, brother? Yeah, Dr. Aaron Kennedy is uh, a pastor of a church in Winterville, North Carolina. Wonderful. What, what? Wonderful. That's what we call it locally. Wonderful. Wonderful. Wonderful? Yeah, well, you have a nice. I mean, Wonderful. obviously you can okay. hear that I'm Southern. Wonderful. Wonderful. Is it like Groomville? <laughs> yep, that's exactly yeah. right. There you go. North Carolina, great church called Open Door Church. And the reason he's a re-leader is because he didn't plant that church. Yeah. Uh, did you, your father planted it. That's exactly right. In 1986, Six. when you were like seven or eight. Six, I was uh, eight years old. Eight years old. That's right. And then uh, Aaron became uh, the re-leader of that church in 2015 and has been the lead pastor ever since. And um, Aaron, you're one of the best re-leaders I know, and your Thank story you. is really powerful. And his his church experienced explosive growth, and we'll talk about that. Um, and so so the other day, I got on and I was trying to find a bio of you. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's you know, very you, long. <laughs> you know what I discovered? Well, Guys, listen to this. Aaron Kennedy was the 2022 Winterville, North Carolina Man of the Year. Man of, That's man right. Of the year. Citizen of the Year. Citizen of Not the Year. Not Man of the Year. Citizen How of the Year. Citizen of the Year? I don't know. I mean, they just they just <laughs> awarded me. I, I was like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> I was like, I'm mentioning this on the podcast. Oh. <laughs> this is the greatest thing ever. Well, my Aaron staff Kennedy loves that. I'll tell you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Citizen of the Year. That's right. It's my accolade. There you go. Well, man, I'm pumped you're on the podcast. You're, by Grateful the way, beer. you're my very first guest on yeah. this podcast. Ever. I don't know how you're going to have any more after this. this I don't is, either. When this you start at the, the top, there's nowhere to go <laughs> but down. Right. That's well, it, man, man. I, I, I'm anxious to talk to you about your journey. Yeah. Um, uh, all of, if if not most of our listeners are re-leaders. Yeah. And so we have a tribe, we have a community of guys and, awesome. and gals that that do this. And it's hard, as you well know. So, so did you see that coming? Like, how far out was that? Man, did, so. Was that the plan all along? I mean, I would say that early on in my life, growing up in church, there was a lot of prophetic words spoken mm-hmm. from outside people, um, speakers that would come in that would talk and they would give a prophetic word. Mm-hmm. You know, as a son, you always wonder, are you getting a prophetic word because you're the son or is it really right. what God's saying? Wow. And uh, my dad and, and our elders at the time were really wise in letting me navigate all that mm-hmm. and really come to peace about what I was called to do. And so, you know, our transition was really a 10-year transition. Hmm. I mean, that, that my dad started allowing me to speak. He integrated a teaching team, and then he started letting me teach more than him. And he, Really? Yeah, I mean, that, that's really how the transition happened, and he was still the senior pastor. Wow. And, um, you know, our church started very small. Mm-hmm. So in its infancy, it was 50 people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think when I became the senior pastor, it was about 800. Okay. And, uh, but really, five years 
up to that time, most people who came to Open Door mm-hmm. thought that I was the senior pastor really? because I was I was speaking more than anyone. Wow. Now, and was so, he communicating to the church early on that this is the plan and this is what we're leaning into, or did he just kind of do it? He just kind of did it, wow. you know. And I think some of our leadership knew that that was the plan, but we really yeah. didn't have a time frame of when he would feel and my mom the, the time to pass the baton. Yeah, and in truth, I think. One of the things that I thought was very important is that I died to it. Hmm. You know, one of the things I really believe is that who you're called to is more important than what you're called to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that there's a lot of people that don't process the calling of God that way. Mm -hmm. You know, so we we end up in this place where is it more important the position or title I hold, or is it more important the people that I'm called to? And for me, I had to come to the place that I was called to open door regardless of whether I ever held the title of senior pastor. Yeah. I was called to that people. I was called to that house. Wow. And so um, I think that those conversations freed my dad to really hear God and not feel pressure from a son, yeah. feel pressure from a people to make this transition happen. And your journey is so much different than, than a lot of the content that I present because my, my context of releading is is fixing broke stuff. Yeah. That's something we say on this this podcast all the time. It's kind right. of like a mantra we say. But there's really two types of of releaders. There's releaders who who or in my case, we fix what we didn't break. Yeah. You right? come in an emergency. Come yeah. in before us, there's there's devastation. It's Nehemiah picking yeah. up the pieces of the rubble, putting it back together. And then there's uh releaders which you would fall in the category of wasn't necessarily broke. It was mm. just time for transition. That's there was right. health to it. There yeah. was an honoring of the leader before you. And honestly, I don't know. I've had people ask me which one I think is harder. Mm. And I don't know the answer to that really. One, because I've never been in, in the in your shoes. <laughs> but two, it's like both of them have their challenges and both of them have their their their, yeah. their benefits. Um, the benefit of of fixing what you didn't break is that your predecessor is gone. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I can, I can pivot. I can shift. I don't, I can honor, <laughs> yeah. uh, without, right. you know, I can do it quick. Yeah. Quicker. In fact, the people want you to. Yes. Mm, because like, whatever was on. there was, mm-hmm. it got broken. Let's get past this pain. Yeah. So that you can move a little, a little quicker. Whereas you and a lot of other realtors I know, not that things weren't broke, some things that you yeah. wanted to do differently or whatever the case may be, but it's way different, especially when it's your dad. Yeah. That's a whole nother element that yeah. it's not just some random guy or gal. Who's your dad? Yeah. So how was that? Well, I mean, I think it was overall, there was definite challenges to it. Um, me and my dad had a lot of arguments, mm-hmm. a lot of yelling matches. <laughs> uh, one of our key things was, is don't ever leave the room mad. mad. Yeah. yeah. And so we That's would, good. we would fuss it out. We would yeah. yell it out. Um, but there was a lot of it that, that I think was completely challenging in me as a son. Hmm. I think there is this place that we become competitive. I'm seeing it even in my 14-year-old now, that there's something in us that becomes competitive with mm-hmm. our father. Mm-hmm. And we really have to kill that. Mm. You know, and, and and I think one of the things that I'm constantly reminded of, John, is that we are a steward of everything. Mm. And so at the end of the day, like in my life, every stage I've ever stood on, yeah. every title I've ever held was given to me it's not something i created Hmm. same here and so just to realize that hold on a second before anything else we're stewarding 
That's right. And in fact, all growth, and I think that's what concerns me in church today, and I'm, is that so often we get consumed with growth when the kingdom is about stewarding. Mm, that's so really if we're good. not growing, it means that we're either not stewarding something yeah. or God's protecting us from something. Mm. That's really good. And so, you know, there's so often in our lives. And so my dad and our transition, it was healthy. That's what I would yeah. say. It wasn't perfect. Yeah. It's not a playbook, yeah. but it was healthy. Yeah. And it was healthy in the aspect that it challenged both of us. Mm. And I think so often what we look at is transition um, when it's done well, in yeah. my opinion, it's not just about getting the new person in position. Wow. It's about getting the previous leader to a healthy spot as well. Wow, that's really good. And so if we're not careful, we just think, hey, if we just get the just baton passed, then yeah. it's great. Yeah. But that's actually not true healthy transition. Not healthy transition is also helping the one who passed the baton right. to get to a healthy place. That's right. And when that that happens, now mm. there's, there's really health that mm. is being modeled for the people. And that, that, that requires this ugly thing called death. It does. You know, you death kill to what we want. That's right. Kill your desires. Yeah. Which as a leader wow. are the things that we need to die to go to the next place. Yep. So if we're not careful, we, we push off these things that God really wants to do deep within our hearts so that mm. we can be the leaders that God's called us to be. Mm. You know, and, and I think um, Brady Boy, who's a good friend of ours, yep. he told me early on in my pastor, he said the greatest gift that you will ever give the body of Christ is letting it be okay for a bunch of 30 to 40 year old young men mm. think that they can do the job better than you mm. and actually make that tension in them. Okay. And part of their maturing process. Wow. And I would say that's what, that's so good. That's what my dad did. Well, mm-hmm. is he let a son grow yep. up yep. in a lot of ways thinking, Hey, I can do this better. Exactly. Than him. Leading yeah. from the second chair. Not knowing what the heck I was talking <laughs> about, know, like right. having no idea, no right? Because you don't know until you sit in the chair. You I don't. don't care how close you are. You don't. I don't care what you see, yeah. what you think until you sit in the chair. You don't know the weight. You yeah. don't know the challenges, the yeah. spiritual challenges. That's so and true. so, you know, that's what my dad did well. But even today, that's what I'm consistently reminded of mm. is that that's the greatest gift that I can give mm. the young guys around me. Yep. Is that, hey, I know you think this. I mean, we speak about it all the time. I know you'd do something different. Yep. Let's talk about it. Yep. And I think that's producing hmm. health in Absolutely. all those around us. Absolutely. So you're empowering, you're building trust, you're doing all those things. Yeah. What did it what did what was your biggest I don't know if fear is the right word, but what was your biggest concern, fear stepping into that platform? Yeah, pulpit? I mean I my dad in our area just holds an incredible reputation. Yeah. And I think my biggest fear, well, this is a great story. I thought about it coming in to record today, is that uh, my dad and I, we, we went to the golf course. Mm-hmm. He had told me he wanted to transition. And I said, I need to have a talk with you. Mm-hmm. And so we went to the golf course. All godly things happen Absolutely. on the golf course. Kind of get a good amen. amen. Uh, and so we're out there playing. We're on hole number four. I'll never forget it. And I said, I got two questions for you before I say yes. He said, all right. I said, the first question is who answers for this church from this transition? Mm-hmm. You've always been the one who's spoken in my life. You've been my pastor. You've yeah. been my dad. You've been my mentor. I mean, yeah. you're pretty much, I mean, and I'm, voice. Used, yeah, and I'm used to, if you say it, we're going to do it. Yep. And, uh, and he said, from that moment on, you answer for the church. And he said, so I want to be a voice of wisdom for you. Mm-hmm. He said, but don't take what I say as God. Wow. And he said, you need to go find a pastor. It's time for me to be your daddy. 
Wow, that's huge. Yeah, that's massive. Huge. So that's a huge, you know, and, and depending on who's listening, wow, that's something very important for you to catch is that it we need, pa- pastors need pastors. Yep. And not just, listen, we live in a day in not church culture buddies. that everybody says, hey, I got a pastor. Yep. I'm talking about somebody Call who says things to you, <laughs> speaks things to you, and unless it's contrary to the Word of God, you're going to listen to it, yep, regardless really of if you feel like you're hearing something that's different. really good. Second thing is, I said, if I have to fire my sister, who's our worship leader, will you have my back? <laughs> I said, that's, that's, that, that's it. And it wasn't because there was any tension. My sister's no, amazing. amazing. You met her. Yeah. Like, there's no tension you were there. You just testing the water. But it was the fact of, hey, I'm not going to let this. Wow. This is not going to be where you're controlling wow. what I've got to do. Do wow. you trust me with her? And he said, I do. And I said, well, okay. What would you say to the re-leader who's stuck in a, in a position that's that their predecessor is still around mm-hmm. and their predecessor's voice is still loud. Yeah. I think the uncomfortable thing that we all have to have is clarity. Yep. And I think where in the churches that I'm coaching now, even in transition, yeah. it is the uncomfortable conversations. My yep. point in all of that is that it took bravery to have the conversation, yeah, but without the conversation, there's not actual transition. Yeah. So we can't talk about transitioning a title if we're not transferring responsibility. Yeah. And so bringing clarity to what my dad's role was, what my role was, the yeah. change in our relationship, yep. talking through that. So this is not something that can be done quickly. Yeah. It's something for it to be done healthy. Really, we need to bring clarity to the situation yeah. and have some very hard talks. And and I would just say if you if you, you're in a situation that you can't have the hard talk, then you really need to consider whether it's worth taking that next step. Because it's going to be an uphill climb. That's exactly right. And there's just so many that that ignore the hard conversations, yeah. ignore the conversations about pay, yeah. ignore the conversations about where does this go, when is the end, the when line? are we going to reassess this. And so really working through those things, and that's why what you're doing is so valuable to the body of Christ. Yeah. It's helping hopefully make a place for these conversations yeah. to happen. Yeah. So that this can be done in a healthy way. So talk about something that, that really, whether you're those two styles of re-leader, right? The, the fix what you didn't break or <laughs> kind of adopt what you didn't build. Yeah. Um, both, re- I think a big part, I'll, be do a, I'll probably do a, a podcast on this eventually, but it's a, it's a huge <laughs> part that Brady mentored me to do. Yeah. I've told you the same thing is the, is the importance of honoring yeah. the, the, the past. Yeah. Right. And so in your case, probably a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but how did that sure. play a role in you stepping in to, to your mantle, so to speak, and to making sure that you honored yeah. the past? Well, I think let's simplify it, right? Was it my dad's vision or was it God's vision? Mm, that's good. And so I think it's the job of every re-leader mm-hmm. to find God's dream for that church. Yes. And if you do that, and right. you, it's, it's part of honoring what's been there. That's right. Now, in some situations, in your situation, there was some reconstruction that you had to do. Yeah. And to really reconstruct, you had to tear down to the original foundation. Right. So what we're doing as re-leaders is we are coming back and we're checking the foundation yep. of what we are called to build. That's right. And it's really saying, you know what? It's not my dream. Yeah. But it wasn't my dad's dream either. It That's was right. God's dream, That's and right. my dad believed it. Yeah, when they when they rebuilt the temple, <clears throat> Zerubbabel and Jeshua. That's right. Something that's pretty fascinating there is it, it says that they put the altar. They rebuilt the altar first, 
which obviously would signify the why. Yeah. This is why we're here. Okay, we're gonna the, we're gonna build the temple, but the temple is gonna be built around the altar. That's right. So they built the altar first. That's the why. Yep. And you're right. God didn't. Man didn't create that. God did. God, God created the why. The, yep. the vision. But one thing that's really striking in that I write about this in my book that comes out later is that they put the temple. The Bible says that it, they put the temple back on its foundation. Mm which is before they built the foundation. Yep. So they go on to build the foundation, which I would make the case that that's your core values, that's your policies, that's the things that the church is going to be built on, your people, your staff. Yeah. But they put the altar on its foundation, which is where the Temple Mount is, the gold dome, the that's rock. Right. It's it's where Abraham was going to kill his son. That's it's right. where David bought this area and built an altar on yeah. on this on this stone. And there's parts, what I would say to all re-leaders, exactly what you just said, it was so good, is that when you're re-leading, when you're rebuilding, there are some parts of your rebuild that you don't have to construct. That's exactly right. It's already there. It's there. And I think a, a mistake that a lot of re-leaders make is they come in and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, this is mine. Yeah. I can do whatever I want. That's right. So even even Victory Church, our, our why is still the same. That's exactly right. It's still the same. Like, yeah. We have not changed that. God called... An amazing man named Mark Crow to plant this church to to go after the lost, right? To to the hospital for the hurting. A lot of the words he used, we're still that church. That's right. And when I when I became the president of the King's University, that's not my university. Yeah, it's Jack Hayford. God spoke to Jack Hayford at thirty thousand feet and yeah. said, "Found a seminary." And so I'm the president, but it's not my job to change that. No, I I, I rebuild, I reconstruct, I fix broke stuff back in the order of what the original vision was was to do. That's right. It's really important. You have to check your ego at the door. You really do. And your orphan heart. You really do. And then you're saying, all right, God, what was your dream for this area? What I love, what yep. you're talking about scripture, is that when you go through scripture, you realize that God is actually about land. Yes. Like land matters yep. to him. Yep. And so our churches, those churches are placed in regions mm. and areas for a purpose yep. and a plan that God has. And if we're not That's careful, right. we're such in an Instagram world trying to become famous yep. that our, we're trying to reach outside the area that God has given us. Yep. So I can That's influence so out there, but I can pastor here. That's so good. And so we have a lot of guys that 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 are more interested in in having a voice. Yeah. Than they are in about stewarding a people. So true. And so, like, don't don't. I mean, biggest thing is, man, don't pastor mm-hmm. unless you actually want to pastor. Yeah. And that that's a big deal in the church today. Like, it is. I love the people of Open Door and grateful for all the places I get to go and people I get yep. to meet. Yep. But in the, the day, man, I'm a shepherd. That's who you're called to be. That's who I'm called to be. And if I'm, and if I'm just going to steward them well. Yeah. Then it really changes and simplifies a lot of the other stuff. It really does, you know. And you should smell like them. That's exactly right, man. Do I smell like <laughs> you a sheep? Smell like sheep. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so I think yeah. it's a big deal, man. In the kingdom of God, and and in the transitions that we make. Yeah, that's so good, man. Yeah. So let's talk staff. When you when you first became, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, get, let's get real. I feel real like quick. this is going to be a therapy session. Um, yeah, do we have a couch? <laughs> exactly. Uh, when you stepped into that role, and this is applicable. I know you're in ministry. I'm in ministry. A lot of our listeners are going to be in business. Yeah, a lot of different realms and industries, but it's applicable across the For across sure. the board. Many of our future guests will be businessmen, businesswomen, and stuff, things them. like that. Um, what was that like? Because part of being a real leader is you're like you said earlier, mm-hmm. you're 
You're stepping into a building you didn't build. You, yeah. I didn't draw the blueprints to the building right. that you sit in. I wasn't at the planning meetings. I didn't raise the money. Um, the policies, the culture, the staff, the, the staff is a big part of that. So you're inheriting Massive. a staff mm-hmm. that you didn't hire. That's right. Someone else did. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like? You know, I think staffing is the hardest piece. Um, a lot can be done in transition that helps bring some peace and rest to the church. Yep. But the staffing shifts are very difficult. And I mm-hmm. think for every leader out there, and I would say this about parenting, is that so often we parent our kids out of reaction to how our parents parented mm. us yep. instead out of action to what we're called to be. Mm. Yep. The same thing with our staff. Mm. So, so often we make internal changes out of reaction mm-hmm. to the leadership model that was before us mm. instead of out that's of so action true. to what God has called us to be. Swing the pendulum too far. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so that's why you go from this whole team concept to this one executive pastor. Yep. Con- I mean, it's like this constant yep. back and forth generationally, yep. because in my opinion, people are reacting it's reactionary to what they were brought up yep. under. Yep. And so I think it's really important to be slow. Yeah. Staff needs consistency. Mm-hmm. They need, um, they don't need a ton of changes. Now in certain contexts, we need to change some things yeah. to get it to a healthy spot. Yep. But again, I would say if you really process health, yep. How do we get this staff? And, uh, you know, transition is a very difficult thing. It, the most trauma in our lives comes through transition, yeah. good or bad. Yeah. It doesn't really matter yep. because transition is discombobulating. Um, I live close to the coast, and so one of the best um, analogies that I've really ever heard on transition is that we have things called inlets, and it's mm-hmm. where the ocean meets the sound. Mm. And it's the most dangerous place because mm. the water becomes choppy. So there's no consistency to it. Waves mm. are coming from every action. So mm-hmm. when a boat's going through the inlet, it's the most dangerous moment mm. in that boat to navigate wow. that transition. And so one of the things that is so important about mm. transition is that we tie down mm. what needs to be tied down. That's really good because it's about to get bumpy. That's right. Yeah. And so the only way to tie it down, you've done some podcasts on trust. Yeah. But it's really going to those people, yep. those elders, those key staff, yeah. and developing trust with them. Because yep. what you're doing That's is, right. hey, we're getting ready to They're go through this, right? And we're going to tie yeah. this down yeah. so that we can go through this inlet and make it to the other yeah. side. And uh, and as you do that, then you'll find that there's a whole lot more um, peace. Yep. In the midst. Now, you're going to hit some waves. There's going to be some waves that hit you from angles you didn't know. Yep. But what you have to do is is spend your energy tying down key relationships. That's good. And so that's so important in the staff, communication, honesty, yep. transparency. I mean, all those things that we learn on leadership. But it really comes to sitting down individually with staff when you're yep. getting ready to go through that transition, the key ones especially. And be not so quick to... I think it's easy for a re-leader to step in, especially if it's a young a young man or woman that's stepping into a re-leader role. Because if they've been around fixing for you, you were down in second chair, whatever chair you were in. Yeah. It's easy to lead from that chair. Yeah. Then you get in the first chair like, oh my gosh, I didn't mm-hmm. realize how hard it is. So a lot of times we'll make assumptions about people that's right. from the second chair. Yeah. And then or systems or policies or I would never do that. If I'm, if I'm the pastor, I'm changing that. If I'm the president, we're not doing that. And then when you step into that role, you're so tempted to make a decision quickly, like quick, 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 quick. That's right. 
and uh, we we published an article to our subscribers about. I use the same analogy as of a ship. That's right. Yeah, and those and, and great. One article. of the things about a cruise ship is that no one knows that under the cruise ship are these massive stabilizers. That's exactly right. And your staff has stabilizers. A hundred percent. People that everyone else on staff looks to. That's right. As stabilizers. So any any smart leader is going to go to those stabilizers, tie them down, That's you it. know, tie down, and make sure that hey, help me navigate this. Help, yeah. me, help me make sure that we don't tip this ship with a P. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Too, too far to the right or to the left. Um, so it's it's so it's so important. And I and I one of the things I said in that article was I think the best captains and the best leaders can turn the ship without anybody even knowing that it's turned. Correct. Well, that, slow, I think that's what we steady. think about. Yeah. yeah, just just get consistent, consistent, so that people know what's happening, yeah. what's going on, and you know that's one of the things too. Is like if I know who I'm called to, yeah. then I'm not in a hurry. Yep. And I think there's that's so many good. leaders today. Yes. Where are you trying Talk to go? That. Talk what about that. What are you trying that. to do? They're like, trying why to are be we? somebody. That's exactly right. Well, I got such limited time. Mm, I'm like, man, stop. So good. Like. You're so here, good. and God's called you here, and if he's called you here, then you've got time. Time is always on your side so if good. you're on the Holy Spirit side, Yeah, right? That's really and good. so that's an old song, right? Time. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, you, brother. that's right. And so <laughs> really get in that place that we enter into peace and rest and say, you know what? I don't have to hurry. Mm. I mean, I think, you know, we, we've talked about it last night over dinner. There's something important about three and seven. Yeah. Three years, you've talked a lot yes, about that, let's right? Talk about that, yeah. I'm just kind of living in that space. How long did it take you to feel story? comfortable in your role? Yeah, so I would say the transition between my father and I was the healthiest that I know of, right? Yeah, yeah. It still took me three years to even wake up and feel like I had grown into the garment. Yep, I agree with that. Like something about the, I felt, okay, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Like you know I, what I'm saying? Uh, I, I talked about that in episode one. I called Brady Boyd Yeah, because um, I was in a gutter, like, fetal position yeah. my first year we were we were we were in hell right. we were you know recovering trying to survive and i remember calling brady boyd and saying brady how long is this going to take for me to to build my culture yeah. build my and i remember he said 5 years and i was like please for Tell the me love something of god, different dear god <laughs> lie to me why are you telling me the truth yeah. just lie to me yeah yeah please but um it didn't take me five years. I think Brady's situation, you know, his situation was the, the worse than was, anybody's. Was, I know. Probably one of the worst I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and he was an outsider coming in. That's right. Uh, I was a campus pastor at the yeah. church. I was, people knew who I was. So that helps you. Obviously it helps you too, but I agree for us. It was three years. Um, I remember the very first time. So I took, I took, uh, the role of lead pastor in November, November the 1st, 2014. And I remember the very first time that I walked onto the platform and I stood behind the pulpit waiting to preach, waiting for the lights to come up. It was um, it was like Jan- end of January of 2016. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't three years, but our culture wasn't where it needed to be. But for the first time ever, I stood on that stage and I thought, I belong here. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, this is this is my pulpit. I not have an out. Po- not in a possessive That's way, right. but just in a you know what I belong here. Yeah, I'm called here. So I I preached for 14 months, feeling like a foreigner in yeah. a strange land. Yep. And I think that's very common for re-leaders. Yeah, and I think realizing that, speaking to it, yep. recognizing it in yourself, yep. because you really are, you, the anointing on your life is expanding. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. it's growing. It's it's, you get reps. it's developing. You're you get reps. getting reps. You're making mistakes, you're learning from them. That's right. I felt the same way at TKU coming in as the president. I mean, I, I told my cabinet. It's funny. Um, before I left, we were hanging out with the cabinet, and yeah. and I just kind of got honest with him. I said, "Guys, for the first six months, I had no idea what I was doing. No idea. Like, I was phoning it in. Yeah, I was winging it. Yeah, and." Uh, and there's a part of releading this just that's part of it. That's right. And if you you know, I remember I called um probably about six months into leading Victory Church, I called uh Pastor Craig, mm-hmm. um, Craig Rochelle, and I said, Man, Pastor, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like I am I had this just moment of because when you're stepping into a leadership role, <laughs> a mantle, a president of your business, whatever, if you're if you get if somebody could inject you with truth serum, you're just like I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like I have no idea. Sometimes right. I do, sometimes I don't. And he said one of the most healing things I've ever heard. This is the Craig Rochelle, largest church in America, the best leader I know. That's right. I was expecting. Well, here's what you need to do, John. Let me <laughs> here's tell the plan. you. Let me give you three <laughs> steps. You know, listen to my podcast. Shut up. Yeah, you know? exactly. And he Take said, good notes. he said, he said, John, neither do I. He said, the truth is none of us know what we're doing. Yeah. We're all just trying our best to move the needle, to that's move right. the ball down the field, to do what we're called to do. And that's exactly what I needed to hear. I didn't yeah. need three steps or 12 steps or do this, not this. I just needed somebody to say, you're normal. You're you know, normal. one of the things that reminds <laughs> me of this thought, you know, and I, I have this all the time. You know how I know that I'm operating under this religious thought process? Hmm. I know that it's God's grace mm-hmm. and his goodness when things happen that are good. Mm-hmm. I think it's my fault when things go bad. That's good. You're right. You're and right. So, at same, so when we get to this space of saying, you know what, we've got to give ourselves some room to make mistakes yeah. and to not be so serious. Yep. Is that when we're in a new role, God doesn't expect us to get it right all the time. Yep. But the thing that saved both of us is that we have people that we can call. That's 100% right. And I didn't have a Craig Rochelle. You know, I mean, that's a hard life for you. I, I hate that you have him on Jesus. speed dial, but yeah, it's a tough thing. <laughs> I'm just picking, but I had people in my life that I trusted. That's exactly right. And it's why we all need voices in our life. That's exactly right. Because some of us are in situations we don't have a dad that yep. we can call. Yep. I was grateful my dad ran with me for five years, four years before yep. he passed away. Yep. Pretty suddenly. Um, he ran right there with me. I mean, mm-hmm. he was hugging necks at the church the day mm-hmm. before he passed away. Wow. So I was fortunate in that, mm. but he had also pushed me to have voices in my life that mm. I trusted. And I would say that's how dad finished his race mm. is that he was able to rest easy yeah. because he knew that he had helped transition his son to someone else to speak into and his life. That was so smart of him to do it. Yeah. Imagine if he would have not allowed other voices to speak into That's your right. life. That's right. If he'd have been territorial. And then if he would have passed, yeah. you would have been completely lost. Yeah. So, I mean, all of us, our context, the things that churches were in, the leadership positions, yep. all I would say is you really need to take a step back and say, hey, I'm not going to react. Yeah. I'm going to act. Yep. And those are two very different things. That's really good. And then as you do that, then be a builder. Yep. A rebuilder. A rebuilder, yeah. And say, but I'm going to get down to what the foundation was. Yep. What the foundation is. Yep. And from there, yep. we will rebuild. That's really good. 
but I'm not going to try to come up with something new. I'm not going to come over here and start a new foundation. Yep. Not going rogue. <laughs> no, I'm not. And I, and I say this all the time. You know, people ask me, I think one of the most dangerous things we do when we step into that new position. Mm-hmm. You've been asked it. I've been mm-hmm. asked it. What's your vision? What's mm-hmm. your vision? What's mm-hmm. your vision? And I said early on, it's probably the wisest thing I said to everybody that asked me. I said, my job is not to have a vision. Mm. My job is to find out the vision that God had for this house. That's so and good. that's what we will do. That's so good. Why and would God change his mind? Why would God change his mind? Mm. In fact, he doesn't. How did you go about, I get this question a lot. Um, peop, people crave mentorship. Oh, they yeah. really do. They crave it. I don't know that they crave accountability as much <laughs> as they crave mentorship and one comes with the other. But um, tons of questions. Uh, people ask me, how do I find a mentor? How do, yeah. I, how do I find a pastor? So for the, for the re-leader out there that's a, a business person, an educator in the medical field, a pastor, how did you go about certain, your, your dad told you, you need to go find a pastor. Yeah. How did you do that? Funny. I mean, you know, a lot of the relationships that me and you have yep. now are very similar, the yeah. same, uh, but I'm a totally outside yep. guy. I mean, I'm from Eastern North Carolina. Yep. Um, and there were two or three people that had churches that I knew I wanted to be like when I grew up. Yep. They weren't flashy. Hmm. They were spirit filled. They were just people that I could look at and I felt like I saw health. I did not see flash. Yep. And so I did something crazy. I wrote him a letter. <laughs> <laughs> I literally said, I mean, literally I wrote wow. them a letter wow. and interestingly enough, both of them responded. They just responded different ways. I had mm-hmm. a pastor. I wrote one letter to a pastor and he had a pastor call Respond. me yep. and it was great. It was a great conversation, yep. but then the other pastor I wrote a letter to, I was on the phone with, with him within 48 hours of wow. him getting that. And and what was interesting, wow. I need everybody to catch this, and, and this I think this is really significant about this story. Mm-hmm. One was high profile. Mm-hmm. One was somebody that really nobody knew. Mm. Right? Okay. And the one that nobody knew was offering me relationship. Way more important than a profile. Yeah, and the Holy Spirit, it checked my ego at the door. Wow. Because he was like, really, the Lord said, this is who's offering you relationship, mm. and this is an op- open door, no pun intended. No pun intended. Right? And so mm. I was like, okay. Wow. And I took that, and it changed my life. And so I would just say to you is mentorship, pastorship, they're all hot words. Yep. But if you're someone who desires to listen. Yeah, that's good. Like really listen and not fight yeah but submit yep then god will bring mentors into your life all day long and you'll be amazed and the reality is that relationship that i have with my pastor is who opened the doors to the all the other all the other relationships that i have and so you know i just one open door leads to several that's exactly right and so just realize that man there's what 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 was the cowboys in the kingdom what kind of words do you did you use in the letter i i literally told my story did I said, you say, this is I, I need a mentor. I need, say, I need, I need a pastor. I need a pastor. You need a pastor. And I would say that none of those, none, none of the people that are pastors in my life or my pastor and, mm-hmm. and apostolic elders and, and those guys, n- none of them really want me to view them that way. Mm-hmm. 
So submission. If they do, you should probably run. Yeah, exactly. If they, if they require you to. Well, you see started them as the podcast exactly. by bishops and apostles, and if I called those guys an apostle, <laughs> they'd slap me, yeah. right? Yeah. Because they're not after the title. That's right. So it's, it's submission is something that we come up under. Mm-hmm. It's not something that someone's learning over. That's, That's right. right. And so I think right. a lot of guys and and react because they've been in unhealthy situations. Yeah. But submission is the way of the kingdom, man. And 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 if you get in that place, then you really understand that what That's I so have, good. somebody gave me. So if some of our listeners want to track you down, give them your cell phone number. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what what's the church's website? What's the best way they could kind of? It's opendoorchurch.com. You, you can go check out all our information. I've got a podcast, the Good yeah. Amen podcast. The Good Amen. The Good Amen. Like all North, Southern. North Carolinian yeah. would say. But yeah, man, I'm on Instagram, social media, all that mess. But that's awesome. Yeah, man. Grateful to be a part, John. Well, excited for for what you're doing. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on the show, being the very first guest. Come on. You did good. Thank you, baby. And we're going to break here. Um, We're going to continue this conversation. We've been talking about uh, his role, you know, how he came into it, all those sort of things. But we're going to go now to an extended bonus episode um, to talk about some specific things he did. Very, very, very specific some mistakes that he made. That'll be super short, like two, two seconds. Cause yeah, it's only mistakes. two. Only made We're going to talk about mistakes. <laughs> We're going to talk about things that if he wouldn't have done this, it might've set everything on a different tra- trajectory. So if you want to be a part of that, go to releader.co and, uh, and sign up uh, to be a part of this community. Uh, we would love for you to join us there. All right. Thanks for listening today. And we'll say what we always say, go fix broke stuff. <laughs> <laughs>